And good morning, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. Hey, I wanted to mention that, you know, there's several other radio hosts here at this station that I think really do a great job. I really enjoy Alan Autry's show. Um, he brings a sense of fun. Um, I think that's, that's kind of special. We, we need a moment where we can kind of laugh. He does talk about real issues, but but he brings a kind of a fun take on it. And so I think you'd enjoy his show. Uh, we also have somebody that's kind of brilliant, um, Guillermo Moreno. Um, he's not quite my style. He's a little more frantic, but he is sharp. And I think you'd really enjoy his show. So if you haven't tuned in to KXEX, you know, give us a try on the radio. Um, with that being said, um, there's a couple calendar events that I wanted to talk about. Tonight at 6 p.m. at People's Church, they're having a big event to honor veterans. And I, I think that's kind of a great thing that most people can gather around. There's some of the hard left that don't believe in our veterans, but everybody normal supports our veterans. And this should be a fun event. They've got a violinist, an opera singer, a country band, and a vocalist, and food trucks. So the event, the doors technically open at 4.30, but the event is at 6 at People's Church. The cost is $45. It supports our veterans and not just our, our the people, but also the veteran dogs, which really seem to be an important part because they take care of the soldiers no matter what. They absolutely do their best. Um, I'm going to show a picture of one of the veteran dogs. This is Nora. Um, and I think that this is a great event, and I, I hope to see you there tonight because I'm going. A couple opportunities for you to meet with like-minded individuals. Monday night, Constitutionalists for California, I'm the lead for the Clovis chapter. We're having a meeting. We'll be talking and starting to implement a petition to have the Register of Voters Office independently audited. So we're, we're trying to push the supervisors into doing the right thing to create a little bit of momentum, maybe give them the courage to do the right thing. Um, so that is tonight at 630, excuse me, Monday night at 630, 1123 Railroad Avenue. You'd be welcome to come join us. Tuesday night, the Kingsburg chapter of Constitutionalists for California is having a dinner meeting. If you're not the regular meeting kind of person and you just want to sit down with some like-minded people, the really good folks there in Kingsburg, um, that's going to be at the Deli Casa restaurant. It's right there by the tracks, just off of Draper at 1536 California. And that is at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, June 29th. Finally, uh, one final, well, two segments for a final event. Um, if you're a regular listener to my show, you heard Ginny Ray LaRue. She's running for governor. Um, I'm kind of excited about this candidate. She has the right experience. She has the right attitude. I think she's right on issues. If this woman can catch fire, this woman could be our next governor. And I've now met seven governor candidates, and this is the first one that I think both has a chance to win and I'm excited about. Um, there's a couple others I was excited about, but they haven't seemed to catch fire. I think she can. And at 1123 Railroad Avenue in Clovis, she she's having a fundraiser from 10 to 12. You can just come out and meet her. She's also having another one in the evening from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. So two different opportunities to meet a governor candidate. Um, 
She's kind of a dynamic speaker. She's not a politician, which is refreshing. So you're not going to get canned answers. You're going to actually hear what she thinks. Doesn't seem to hide who she is. A lot of positives there. Um, I often come with a quote. And I kind of think this one is appropriate between our COVID times and the whole ridiculous woke culture. The only real prison is fear. And the only real freedom is freedom from fear. So if you think about that, that really has some implications on what's going on today. Um, We stood in fear and we kept our schools closed. With that being said, um, since our schools were, are closed and they used that opportunity to steal the warrior image from us, I want to introduce my guest, Jim Tuck. So, Jim, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. So, our family came to Fresno, California in 1892, and we've been doing various different businesses and things like that in this valley ever since then. And I graduated from uh, New Life Christian Academy, but I actually went to Fresno High for three years. And so I have a lot of good memories of that school and a lot of good, uh, you know, bonding there with people that I'm still my four best friends in the world all went to school with me right there at Fresno High. And so uh, basically, uh, when I heard about what was going on with the warrior, I got a little bit involved in, you know, basically the hearsay on Facebook. And my uncle was sick, unfortunately, and I saw a post by the Fresno Unified School District that they were not going to take a vote until school was back in session. So having a 94-year-old uncle that basically has been your, um, you know, person you looked up to, your patriarch your whole life, I uh, I focused on him rather than on the warrior image, which is what you should do. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah. Family should come first. But... And uh, then one day I got a phone call that, uh, hey, surprisingly, they put on the calendar in December 5th that they were going to take a vote on December 9th. Now, school wasn't back in session. In fact, if you remember back in November, December, everything went back fully closed again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it caught all of us off guard. And so uh, some of my friends that are actually Native American were really offended because they wanted to have their voice heard. And uh, they weren't able to, unfortunately. And so that's how I got involved. So we're going to get into that. But I I first kind of want to talk about how bad Fresno School District is. Terrible. Um, I was kind of shocked. Bottom 5% in the nation. Right. Just ahead of Detroit. Yeah. Bottom 5% of the nation. I'm embarrassed to even say that out loud. Um, I went to Fresno High only for a year, but that's scary. And that's not just Fresno High. That is the entire Fresno School District. Tied for Cincinnati, better than Detroit. Barely. Barely, yeah. And they don't have all of the issues that we have in that we have so many different second language learners here. Not not just Spanish, but Hmong, um, Punjabi. There there are multiple others. Um, I'm not quite aware of all of them. But so we we have that big difficulty that we have to deal with, and Detroit, which really doesn't, is neck and neck with us. Right. Yeah. Um. I think the reason all this ties in, it's not just that it's bad that but that we've had people on that board for 20 years that watched the decline and did nothing. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. They they watched it go from a, in the 50% range. Above 50%, right. To the bottom 5% in the nation. And so to me, that says at least those two need to go. There seems to be a whole culture of unaccountability 
in Fresno High or Fresno Fresno School District. And it's, it's kind of scary. The more I learn about it, the more I think, wait a minute, you're, you're kidding. What, you socially promote kids and you have for the last 20 years, whether they're competent or not? No. Well, this is The Constitutionalist here on KXEX, the best talk in town. When we come back, we'll be talking about the Fresno Warrior image. And welcome back, folks. This is the Constitutionalist, Eric Rollins, on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And today I'm speaking with Jim Tuck. And we're talking about the Fresno School District. And we're going to just start talking about the warrior image. So tell me some history about the warrior image. Well, so we, uh, you know, we've always had the Iroquois Club at Fresno High. And uh, many many of us were members. And uh, particularly the athletic you know, department was very heavy on the Iroquois. Uh, the Iroquois Club. It was a great tradition, and it has been since 1889. So the school opened in 1889, and, uh, you know, the Fresno Forefathers, because we'd just gotten a public library like two years before that. I mean, we were really just starting to become a town. Mm-hmm. And so they decided we've got to build a high school. So the Fresno Forefathers, uh, and we're doing our research on exactly who that was right now. We've got researchers all over the country researching this. But the, one of the most important things they found immediately was that there was a national celebration going on about the Constitution celebrating its 100th year anniversary. And so the Iroquois Nation, many people know this, many people don't know, but they were uh, – the, the Iroquois law is the actual cornerstone of our Constitution. And so there was a big celebration going on. There was coins printed, bills printed, uh, you know, with the, the Iroquois native image on it. And so there was quite a celebration going on, and the Fresno Forefathers picked – Fresno High to be the Warriors and the Iroquois image was picked because of that national celebration. So because they were proud of it. Absolutely. Not because we were denigrating it, but because we were proud of it, we thought it was a worthy thing. Exactly. And so did the rest of the country. And in fact, much of the country still believes it is. Yes. Unless you're woke, of course. And so um, basically they 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 went ahead and, and called it the Fresno High Warriors and used the Iroquois image. They started the Iroquois Club, and that's been a, a tradition now for 131 years. And so when they moved over to the McKinley location, Palma McKinley, mm-hmm. they actually hired an architect to come in and build a Constitution Hall in the likes of the one in 1776, or 1789, I'm sorry, where the Iroquois, 17, 1776, the Iroquois stayed in that hall and basically helped write the Declaration of Independence and signed it in it's that a, hall. It is surprising that that is not a better-known fact. It is. Uh, I didn't know it. Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't it, know I until there. fairly recently. Right. And so, But we wouldn't have known it because it's been 131 years. It's been nearly 100 years. It has been 100 years since that hall was built. And so it's lost that over the generations passing. We've kind of lost that. So when we reached out and basically uh, contracted historians to find out about Fresno High— that's when we learned. So they started looking at it. Now we have in our possession a letter from a tribal member that is within the seven generations of his grandmother actually signing the Declaration of Independence. Um, and so he's an historian in Iroquois law, his, uh, historian in Iroquois, mm-hmm. the Iroquois Confederation. And he's penned a letter that says that this is not a mascot issue. This is a national treasure being eliminated or eradicated. 
And so there was schools around the country that did exactly what Fresno High did. None of them happened to open on in 1889. And so what we've got here is a national treasure that these six board members have decided because one person came forward. And besides that, they have about 28 supporters total that we found in our discovery. And so they're going to go ahead and eradicate the Native American image based on uh, the fact that they claim it's racist. But there's no evidence. There's no studies. There's no surveys. In fact, the Washington Post just did a study. And in the study, they found out that 91% of Native Americans do not want the images removed. Only 3% did or were in favor of the images being removed. So then the Washington Post went back and verified their study and spent an additional $250,000 to make sure that each person was really Native American and that the study was actually accurate. And so that's a published study. You can look it up right on Washington Post, which is, as we all know, a liberal organization. And so there's the proof right there. I don't know that it's as much about necessarily just Indians. I think that the woke group wants to tear down every foundation, everything that we could be proud of about this country. It's not that this country is not, it's not perfect. You know, we were institutionally racist in some ways at one point. I don't believe we are anymore. I believe there are still racism and it goes in every direction, every flavor. Um, another thing that I thought that, that I want to learned about the Iroquois image, do you know at, at the, at our, at our Capitol building, there's a big statue. Yeah. Of a proud Iroquois woman. Exactly. So they truly were connected. It's just a story that has not made it through history. That's correct. So people need to learn this history. This is something to be proud of. That's correct. We're going to reach out to the local politicians. Uh, I'm not sure how good we're going to do locally, but we're also reaching out nationally. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to save this school because it's got a lot of history. It was meant to be what it is. It was designed to be what it is. And uh, it's just, you know, during COVID, uh, basically a petitioner came forward. He have, was running a playbook. The playbook we have in our possession now was written by George Soros and his companions, and it's being ran all over the country. Now, you mentioned that this is a, a, a nationwide movement. It happened to happen uh, to us here, and we'll later get into some of the little games they played, but there's an organization called NAGA. Can you tell me a little bit about what that organization does and, and what their goals are? Sure. So just to recap, I didn't know that they were going to take a vote on December 9th. And so when they did, you know, I started reaching out. Uh, my uncle always told me, reach out to the best, the pros in every field. That way you get the best advice. So I did my research and I reached out to Naga. And uh, basically, Tony Henson over there has been very helpful. He put me in contact with the right people. And um, that's Native American Guardians Association. And so they've been in the fight since about 2010, but formally as Naga since, I believe, 2014. And so they've been fighting this on, you know, a national level. They're in every state. In fact, today, as we speak, they're filing a big federal lawsuit in Colorado. And so um, they're trying to stop cancel culture because they are represented from every Indian tribe in the nation um, and have representatives, many tribal leaders are in Naga, and they're trying to stop what's going on. And so I've teamed up with them, and in fact, they're the ones that put me in contact with the person in New York that is of Iroquois descent and penned the letter. And so they're a great organization out of Illinois, and uh, basically they they fight for Native American rights, and they all are Native Americans. Something else I thought was interesting that I found out was that Native American high schools, almost to a school, have a Native American image as their 
I don't want to use the word mascot because I don't, I, but as their image that represents their school. Exactly. So they clearly want this. Yes. In fact, in Colorado, part of the reason for the lawsuit is that the, the reservations there are not going to change their images. So now in that law, they've written that there's a $25,000 per day fine if the Native American images don't eradicate their self-likeness. And so, which is just insane. Well, I, I hope they give them the good fight because it sounds like another case of just ridiculous politicians overreaching. Exactly. If you think that Native Americans believe for one second that these high schools and colleges are making fun of them or making uh, uh, statements that aren't correct, look at every single reservation school. We've been trying to find that one school that isn't using a Native American image wow. or name. Can't find one. That's, that's kind of crazy. I'll give you a, here's one case exactly what Naga does. So we were petitioned about the same time that another high school right here in the Valley, the Ripon Indians were petitioned and they used the exact same words, exact same soundtracks, exact same statements, exact same petition. And so basically they said, let's just not vote immediately like Fresno Unified did. They had two little quick listening sessions of about 30 minutes and then voted. Down in Ripon, they said, let's get the community involved and let's take some polls. Let's take some surveys. Let's give people a chance to step forward and speak, um, really speak, more than two minutes. Mm -hmm. And what they decided to do was to certify their school as a culturally correct school. And they're going to keep the name Ripon Indians. The whole community, 100% is behind it. They've come to resolution and basically they are going to implement a study guide and teaching program curriculum in the school that explains to students, teaches students exactly what did go on back in the 17 and 1800s here in California and in that valley, particularly mm -hmm. the Yokuts and nationally. And that's what really should go on here at, at, in the FUSD also. Ten well, schools have been petitioned in California in the last 18 months. Only one school has voted to eradicate and that's Fresno Unified. You know, I think there's a proud history that often doesn't get told with Native Americans. And, and I, I absolutely believe that at many points in our country's history, we did not treat them right. But at least some people realize that things like their proud image, there are things that are absolutely honorable about those people. And stealing this image from them, um, I, I've heard the, the, the term like they're being culturally eradicated, you know, like – we need to hide their image. And I see it as just the opposite is an image that we should be proud of. They're proud of it. Yeah. They're proud they of it. it. And as a white man, I'm proud of it. Exactly. But the thing of it is, is I, I didn't get involved in this because they took the warrior. I got involved in it because six of my friends that are native Americans that I went to school with, they know that I have some history with fighting with the city of Fresno. They know I've have some history with lawsuits. They were calling me saying, Jim, we're really mad. What do we do? How can we, how can we build upon this? How can we, you know, try to get this reinstituted. And so I called my personal attorney and said, Hey, Mitch, you know, this is what's going on. What can we do? He says, just go down and file an injunction. So I, I just simply made a post that said, Hey, you know, I talked to my attorney. If you guys want to form a group, we can file an injunction and see what happens. So um, basically 700 people joined a Facebook group within a week. And so, cool. um, yeah. So you've only had the Facebook group for a week? N no, there's, we got we got 680 members in the first week, and we've grown to mid 700 since then. Okay, okay, and so basically, um, we tried desperately to hire an attorney here in Fresno. We contacted over 75 different attorney firms. We had four different people calling attorneys all day long. None of them would take the case. 
not because they didn't think it was an interesting case or that they could win it, but what they said is, you know, we're on retainer for this or that with FUSD. And so what we found out through um, many of the attorneys says, unfortunately, what FUSD likes to do is retain every attorney in the town so that if that child falls off the slide at school or gets hit by a car in the crosswalk, it's really difficult to sue the school district. You have to go outside of Fresno to file a lawsuit. Well, when something like this happens, it makes it just as hard for us to file a lawsuit. Well, that sounds like they've set up a system where they can continue their culture of unaccountability. You know, if they can't be sued, there's another way they're not accountable. Um, you know, they don't seem to be accountable to the kids because they don't care whether they're actually educated. They care whether they're woke. Right. They care whether their feelings are okay. You know, so they get passed to the next grade, whether they're actually ready to pass to the next grade. Right. So it's, it's kind of crazy because the studies that I've looked at, and by the way, there's not a single study that actually has not been unwound or unproven that Native American images should go. The one that they based their facts on was given to him by a petitioner. He forgot to tell them that that same lady, Miss Freiberg, came back two years later and said, I've made an important discovery. If the school that you're targeting will adjust the images and teach curriculum about Native American awareness, then you should leave the image there. Because what she found is that 36% of the students that are currently enrolled, when you pull that image or you pull that name, they feel shameful because they feel they belong to something that was wrong. That's a much higher statistic than anything she ever came up with that said that Native American children were offended or hurt. So That's pretty powerful. But see, they never showed that to FUSD. Well, and, and as particularly with the image we're talking about, it's such a proud image with such a long, proud history. Um, there was the perfect opportunity to do just what you just said, set right. up an education about it, use it as a chance to teach people about history because history is going to repeat itself in a lot of ways. But by learning history, you begin to see patterns. And it is amazing to me that this whole school board with the exception of Major Sladek, seems to have gone nuts. This is Eric Rollins, The Constitutionalist, on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And this is Eric Rollins, The Constitutionalist here on KXEX 1550, the best talk in town. And I'm talking to Jim Tuck. We're talking about Fresno High's proud warrior image and how the school board essentially decided it should go away. How all of that incredible history should just be banished. Not for what I consider to be good reasons at all, but because they're woke and they've decided that, you know, we need to tear down everything American that we can. Cancel culture. Yeah, absolutely. Cancel culture. Um, They seem to be all tied up in equity. Um, There was one of them that at this last school board meeting last Thursday, I can't remember the date. Was that about the 16th? It was last Wednesday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay. I go to so many political events. I think it was Wednesday the 16th, but yeah. Okay. It was a Wednesday. Who's counting? (laughs) Hey, I'm glad somebody's keeping track. So at that school board meeting, you know, they talked about equity, not equality of opportunity, They talked about how proud they were of their kids, yet they're cranking out a product where those kids won't get hired for a decent job because they've been passed forward 
whether they did the work and path and and completed the work or not. So, yeah, statistically, a twelfth grade graduate coming out of FUSD has a seventh grade education. Now, that's not me talking; that's the school district's data. Yeah, seventh grade education—that's who we're hiring out there. And that would have been hidden if it was not for Terry Sladek. That's Mary right, Tager, Mary, Major Terry Sladek. Um, all of the other school board members were ple- completely content to hide this. Well, if you're hiding failure, do you really care about the kids? I don't think so. No, no. You care about your paycheck and your agenda. Exactly. Instead of figuring out how to spend $456,000 with tutors or some way to help these children that have been out of school for a year that are actually, maybe they went in as a 10th grader, but they're going to come back as a ninth grader. Mm -hmm. Why don't we educate them? Why don't we try to help them with some tutoring, some after school programs or some labs where they can learn? Uh, no, let's spend $456,000 to eradicate a Native American image that about 28 people actually came forward that were local. And we'll get into that in a bit. That's another crazy thing they did. But uh, 28 people that we can see are local people that supported it. And that's, that's $456,000. Let's go ahead and call it half a million dollars because government never seems to come in on budget. Well, from what I understand, that only includes certain things. I found several things that we're not going to disclose on the show because we don't want them to go after them immediately. But basically there's several high dollar things still there that they, that has the warrior image on it that they've missed. So that's going to be another, we estimate another 200 to 250,000 later. And if with budget overruns, if it easily could be closer to a million dollars, it will be a million dollars before it's over, but don't worry. Wasted million dollars. Don't, don't worry because it's not just Fresno high. You've know, there's a national movement now for any confederacy schools. So let's go ahead and, just consider Roosevelt gone. Okay. Yeah. They can't be the Rough Riders. The McLean is the Highlanders. Now, we actually heard from people that work at FUSD that have been in meetings that said that actually the Highlanders were next. And so, you know, barbarians, whatnot. Um, and so they've got to go. But I think now with the Confederacy movement going on, I think it may be the Rough Riders first. So we, we're not sure which high school is actually safe. Maybe the Bullard Knights or the Edison, you know, Tigers. Perhaps, unless PETA gets involved. So, you know, a, a mascot like the Santa Cruz uh, University slugs. Slugs, banana slugs, you know, yeah. I guess those would be safe, but but yeah. everything else that you might actually want to root for. Exactly. can you imagine rooting for a slug? Right. Or how about, here we go, buildings, here we go, because that's the new mascot at Fresno High. The, the building that sits in front of the school, um, you know, is basically what's going to be on their helmets and on their T-shirts. And I don't know how you cheer for that. Doesn't it sound a little absurd? Yeah. Because it actually is. Well, let's see here. School one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That'll be what Fresno Unified is in two years if we don't do something now. Well, we absolutely need to do something. Um, I spoke at that school board meeting. It's the first time I've been to a, a school board you meeting. sure did. Not the first time I've been in front of government, but after watching how they conducted themselves, what they had to say, I was absolutely furious um yeah told them i was embarrassed by them told them that they had the wrong priorities and yet none of them even seem to have the good sense that they should be ashamed that they're wasting our money and they're failing our kids no actually if i remember right they accused us of um not liking the image change because they're strong women if you recall um yeah that's ridiculous right 
So we're opposed to the image. She actually said, we believe you're opposed to the image change because we're six strong women and we voted, you know, together. And that is what you're really offended by. And I, where did that even come into play? Um, it, it, apparently it happened in their heads, but I don't know if it happened in any sort of reality. Right. Yeah. But, you know, when you're woke, I don't think you're dictated by logic. I think you're dictated by emotion and whoever's creating the loudest. We got to get rid of this. So you jump on the bandwagon. Exactly. So you don't really have a, a rule of law or logic with what's going on. You don't have common sense. You just yeah. go, wait, let me put my finger up to the wind. This is what we're, we're yelling about. This is what we need to worry about. Right. Not reading, math, STEM. And, and those are three things that I pointed out. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not spending money. Things. Yeah. Right. So that those kids, because the bottom line is if we fail those kids, they're not going to have a, a, a very good life. Right. It is hard to go pick fruit. And, and thank goodness we have people that do that. But that's, quite, that's hard work. You know, in my mind, I was thinking when she said that, I mean, how strong do you really have to be as a woman or a man um, to basically have the media behind you? Top to bottom, you're protected. Mm-hmm. People within your own district are helping you, you know, do what you need to do. Uh, we've uncovered, you know, we, we have discovery because we filed a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at emails where, you know, the uh, communication coordinator uh, arranged meetings set up meetings and basically had meetings with the opposition, with the petitioner. While we asked for meetings, we asked to talk with them and they didn't even return our emails. They actually let him meet one-on-one with at least four of the board members that we're aware of. And so, and this was right prior to them changing the schedule from we're not doing a vote until school's back in session till we're doing one in four days. So they had time to conspire and, and formulate a plan right. so that they did not actually have to deal with opposition again. Right. An, another case of this school board doesn't want to be accountable. Right. So it gets better. We've got another email where she's actually notifying him to be on the lookout because they're going to uh, post some things. Listen to this. Now, there's a thing called the Brown Act. Mm-hmm. And in the Brown Act, you have to notify whoever might be affected by certain changes or meetings, things like that. And so they said she sent an email out and said, we're going to announce on the Fresno High All Years, which has about... 2,700 members, but only has about um, 400 active members on there. So about 400 people are actually looking at that page and doing stuff within it, although there's 2,700 members. So we're going to actually post on there that we're going to have a meeting and do things and call that good enough. Now, we all know that doesn't fly. That's not a public notice that you're going to change something so important as the warrior image. No, they're playing pretend. So they wrote the petitioner an email saying, be on the lookout. We're going to do this. And we're going to notify about 15 people that have made comments on Facebook in that page that we're going to have more hearings and do these things. They never reached out to anybody in discovery. We can't find that they talked to anyone on our, in, on our side or in opposition to the change. They didn't reach out to anybody. They didn't uh, send anybody a private message as she said she would, but it gets better. Later on in the email, she says, stay tuned because we're going to weave in our elements to help make this change happen. So I'm just asking the public, what does that mean? If you come to me and you say, I'd like to change the color of my house, but the, the, the uh, association won't let me. And I say, well, hold on. I'm going to weave in some elements that'll help you change your house color. What does that mean to you? Am I on your side? Because I, as far as I know, they're supposed to be neutral in this. Right. Uh, particularly the people that are like communication coordinators that are not board members. 
And so I just wonder, you know, we'd like to find out what are the words weave in our elements mean? Because to me, it sounds like we're going to help you win. Yeah, that's just crazy. That That's one that yeah. just baffles me. So another great one is the students have spoken. Well, we can't find a single student that went to Fresno High that has spoken. And we've been doing some serious outreach. And so what we did find, though, through Discovery is that there's emails from students in New York, in Oklahoma, in Edison High School here in Fresno. There's about 25 of those. So 25 students that have spoken actually went to Edison and they were all in the same class, probably a teacher's assignment to write in an email saying why they thought the image should be removed. Now, the interesting thing. Did any of those students write the opposite of that or did they all just follow the indoctrination that that teacher gave them? We've not found one yet. Wow. However, I'll just disclose to you that I have been told by two different people that work directly within the FUSD district that there was some positive emails that came in and letters that came in, particularly from the Senate. And those letters were plucked is what one called and the other one called it removed. And so, um, you know, the students have spoken. We just like to know which students because we can't find them. Which students have spoken? Were they from Oklahoma? Were they from Texas? Were they from New York? You know, if you join our Facebook page, it's uh Uh, supporters for retaining the FHH warrior image, you can see some of those emails are posted on there. And it just blows people away to see what's been going on and how basically dishonest the school board has been about changing this image. So let's see. So people get a, get out a pen and paper and, or, or digitally. Can you, can you give that Facebook page again as a way to get organized, to get involved with what's going on? Sure. It's supporters for retaining the FHS warrior image. Now, keep in mind that it's not just going to be the Fresno High warrior image. It's going to be other schools. Right now, they're focused on Fortner because of the Ar- or Armenian dilemma right now of that, you know, what Fortner was about. So, um, but yeah, it's supporters for uh, or supporters of the FHS warrior image. Well, cool. So I hope that gets some people off their butts. This is the Constitutionalist Eric Rollins here at 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And welcome back, folks. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist, here on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. And we're talking about saving the Fresno Warrior image at Fresno High and the dysfunction of the school district of Fresno High. Um, It is in the bottom 5%. It is embarrassingly bad. It is a culture where they don't seem to care about the kids. They claim they do, but really they care whether they're good little liberals but not whether they can read and you're not going to be very successful. And this doesn't just hurt Fresno because, you know, any of the surrounding part of the County, the parting surrounding part of the state. Now you don't have good productive citizens. If that kid is graduating and he only has, what did you say? A seventh grade, seventh grade education at 12th grade graduation. Yeah. That, that is an appalling number. Right. And that's a good student. Cause that's an average. Right. And so there's some, there's, there's some AP students that are obviously 
they do well if you locked them in a room with a book and forgot about them for several hours a day. Right. But the average student is not making it and they're not going to be helping our community. So you always hear that, you know, the students, today's students are tomorrow's leaders. Absolutely. And so, you know, the seven generations out is kind of the law of the land. It's always been since day one. And so we've got to look out these kids that are, we're graduating right now, the next seven generations, what's going to happen to this, this Valley, um, this state and this country, you know, cause it's just one right after the other. Absolutely. So, so you can't find any real evidence that they did real research. We just learned this morning officially um, that there was no survey done at Fresno High to find out what the kids really thought, although they claim the students have spoken. Those students did not attend Fresno High. I want to point out that I was at that school board meeting, and they talked about how the students had spoken and how they did a survey. And yet we found out that they were willing to publicly lie. Apparently so, right? So we have, again, we have discovery. I'm looking at the data, some of the charts. Um, many of the people that came in and commented were from out of state. Most of them were not um, even from Fresno. And so what we really ran into was a bandsaw set up by George Soros, cancel culture. There's actually a published guide that was ran on us. There's a group of several thousand people that whatever the cause is, they make the phone calls, they call in, they write the emails, they do all that. And that's all been set up to go out and ruin these school districts, ruin these schools, or, you know, in, in the board members' eyes, to wake us up, yeah, make us better, get rid of Native American imagery. Although, to me, this just seems like reverse racism because, you know, really honestly, they were here first. And, and it's a proud image. It's a proud it's history. A proud image. And, and they've given so much already. Every poll, every study shows that they don't want the images gone. So, in fact, isn't eradicating their images just Indian removal 2.0? It's a that, way it's a way of destroying their culture and their history. It is. And they claim they're all about diversity and culture and history and yet their actions show us that they're all about just following wherever that woke leader is and I don't quite understand who the woke leader is though the big financer is Soros but he's not alone. Right. Well they actually have a published guide uh, anybody that joins the page can see it on there where they give you a playbook of how to write your your uh, petition, how to do everything, what this, what their posted statistics are, which, by the way, we can't find any of that anywhere published. So what they tell you to put in your petition is not anything a doctor wrote. It's not anything that's been published by a university. It's just their statistics that they came up with. They have links they can send you to everything, but none of it is real. It's he, a facade. That That seems to be the case for a lot of things. You know, like this whole critical race theory, and we're, well, I'll be dealing with that next week, I think, quite a bit. But, yeah. Um, I find it racist, but the scary thing is it all is in your perception. So if you believe that you're oppressed, then we have to come in and tear down whatever you say. We're supposed to just give up whatever freedoms you we need to give up to make it right in their eyes. Yeah, well, here's, here's the thing with that is that, you know, to many people, particularly people that didn't attend Fresno High, they might look across the aisle and say, hey, you know, I really feel really bad that they're going to lose their warrior image, but it doesn't affect me. But actually, if you look across the street and you see your neighbor's house being robbed or it's on fire, do you call the authorities? And that's kind of what I'm challenging people in this community to do is look over at their neighboring high school and say, hey, 
what's going on there isn't right, you can join our page. And once you join our page, start looking at the evidence that we've posted. And if you don't agree with it, you can just, you know, get off the page. Don't go back. But if you do agree with it, then help your neighbor because they're going to come after whatever school you went to. I'm going to tell you right now, Memorial High School is a panther. What color is that panther? Black. Yeah. I know, I'm aware there's a petitioner in Fresno right now about to petition Memorial to get rid of the Black Panther. So if you think that you went to a private school or you think I didn't go to school here, wherever you did go to school, you probably love your school. You're an mm-hmm. alumni and you need to defend it. And so we need to start by defending the Fresno High Native image because it's going to be Roosevelt. It's going to be McLean. I, like I said, the Bullard Knights is the only one we think that might be safe for a minute, but they're going to get the rest of the schools. So just to give you an idea how special the image of Fresno High is, I had a bunch of kids over at my house because my kids are both in high school. I went up and I printed out the logos to all the high schools and I blacked out the name of the school and I held the logos up. None of them realized what school that was other than the school they personally attend. They all knew the Fresno High Warrior. Every one of them knew that warrior. Now these are kids that don't know me from Adam. We were having a swim party that my kids invited a bunch of friends over. And they all knew that that image, that Iroquois image, belonged to the Fresno High School. And that thing's our porch light. It's yeah. probably as, as much recognized probably as the Fresno State Bulldog if you live in this valley. Wow. It's been around 131 years. It was picked by our Fresno forefathers. It needs to be defended. So I'm asking, I'm begging everyone in this community that cares about this community to get involved, join our page, and basically take a look. If you don't like what you see, jump back off the page. But I think you're going to find that this is a fight that needs to be fought because they're going to come after everything. This isn't about the warrior image. It's about cancel culture. Yeah, absolutely. So some solutions to this, obviously, from from my perspective, we have six board members that really, because they're not doing the job, especially the two that have been there for 20 years, but and, and watched it and led a culture of failure. But So I've, I've got an do? announcement on that. So we're, we're starting a recall petition, and I'm going to have to come back on and tell you all about that. I look forward to it. This is Eric Rollins, the Constitutionalist on 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town.